Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Creative thinking must be a premium for your company, and it starts with building the right team. Today we're talking about having a strong team uh, and the importance of how to build it properly. My name is Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our purpose is to provide solutions to solve the most different, difficult hiring challenges to secure best talent to ensure your company's success. Today our guest is an expert in building outstanding companies. He's an entrepreneurial thrill seeker and company builder, Kerry Ransom. Kerry, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. And by the way, I love the tagline, entrepreneurial thrill seeker and company builder. <laughs> Thank you. So Gary's also an accomplished startup executive, having served in C-level positions in multiple startups, including CEO of, of Real Practice, a venture-backed marketing software services company, which he sold in 2012 to reach local. Impressive. Nice. And he spent over six years as an adjunct professor at Vanguard University and currently serves as an investor and advisor of several organizations such as Any Meeting, Payoff, Bolsey Media, and is a board member of Octane OC. So, wow, Carrie, when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. Uh, but it's a, it's a fun, uh, fun way to spend my days. Yeah, I hear you. So I was reading on your LinkedIn profile, and you mentioned that you have a founder attitude. So I want to dig into that a little bit. What exactly is a founder attitude? How would you describe that? Sure. Great. Uh, good question. So I, the way I think about it, and you know, for, for full background, I grew up in a family business that is currently 145 years old. Oh, wow. And so it was founded, always has been in my family. But as I thought back to that, I grew up watching my grandfather and my father and some other family members work, and I learned a tremendous amount from them. What, what type of family uh, this business? This was a retail lumberyard hardware store, Okay, uh, in, independent family business in, in a community outside of Indianapolis where I grew up. Very, very cool. And neither my grandfather nor my father actually founded the business. Okay. But something had been passed down that clearly they, they were owners of the business, but they, they really embodied what I think about as a, a founder. And you know, in their case, they they did own it. But my belief in in the kind of world that I've lived in for most of my career, which, which has been startup to early stage and growth technology companies, that mindset is is completely transcendent to that as well. In many cases, as you think about the startups of today, people that join all on the way are given equity. That's a big part that sure. that promise of. The, the value that can be That's created. That's icing on the cake. Exactly. Yeah. It, and in many cases, you know, I've done this multiple times in my career where I've gone into a startup and taken a significant current compensation pay cut because I was believing in the equity and the value that could be created by getting the right group of people around the right opportunity at any given time. And sure. so as I think about that, in many cases, there's this belief that the only people that can have that attitude are the people that were there at the inception, that were there from day one. And I just don't believe that. I think that a founder mindset can exist at any point mm. and really comes down to more of an attitude and a way of, of thinking and working that really, if, if you're a, a CEO or a founder of a business, you want more of those than less. You yeah. want people who think like owners 
that think like somebody who was there when the idea was germinated want to be additive to it, want to really act quickly, want to think about this as much bigger than themselves. It's not a job. It's They're a part of this game change or this mission that people are being called to come together to execute against. And I think the people that can be those other carriers of the torch, and that's that's the way I think about it, is there's sure. people that want to be the evangelists, both within the organization, to remind people, why are we here? What is the greater good or the greater challenge that we're trying to solve? And also can be those people on the outside that become those evangelists that attract more and more of the right people to the organization. And so as I think about, there's that conventional wisdom out there that sales is everyone's job. I also tend to believe that recruiting is everyone's job as well. And so those people that think like founders, they're going to have that competitive spirit that says, let's go get the best possible people we can on our team. And so that that's where I really think about that founder attitude as something that I've really tried to have through all the things that I've done, uh, whether it's a, you know, call it a for-profit or non-profit situation. How can I make things better? How can I inspire others to want to have that amount of commitment and, and buy-in as well? Got it. So what would you say would be kind of the key elements for that founder's attitude? That, yeah, I, ended up, I wrote a post on this a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I ended up summarizing it. I used the the acronym CARES, you know, these people that seemingly just care more. And so, you know, the, the words that I used around that one was commit this, this, this idea of commitment beyond what maybe others who just look at this as a job, um, act in that people that would just act and would go above and beyond, you know, there's just those, those times where you see something that needs to get done Mm -hmm. and they just go do it. There's a hole, jump in it and solve it. Don't, just point it out for others. Absolutely. Um, the third would be recognize and recognizing that my behavior as a founder or that, that others are going to be paying attention to that and that this is an obligation but also an opportunity uh, and, and uh, to you know look beyond themselves. Uh, the next is to evangelize okay. and be that. I mentioned that earlier. But yeah. That person both within the organization – why are we here? What's the most important thing? That it's not, it, you know, evangelism typically allows people to be selfless and think much beyond themselves and bigger than themselves and take that outside to get other people excited about it. Yeah, and it and shows then, the passion that you have for the company right. as well. That's right. Yeah. And then the last is share, okay. which is to be willing to share. Share your time. I think founders tend to be a little bit more willing to share time to grow others yeah they're not so focused on their role they're focused on what needs to be done right now and then what needs to be done in the future and do we need to grow others to take on that role so that they can go be deployed into something else and so those were the summary sort of five key elements that i wrote about a couple years ago but okay uh, i think you know it's something that can evolve Uh, but but that attitude is something that i really try to promote and frankly try to uncover when I am interviewing or recruiting key people to a team. You know, when we, excuse me, when we had a conversation last week, you have another one you could actually add to that, which was creativity. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that, and which is kind of where we got the title, whereas sure. there's not really a premium on creativity as much anymore, right? So, hey, you can have cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So um, how does creative thinking then kind of, come into play when you're developing a, a team 
Sure. Good, good question. So you, I, I have thought for now probably 15 years that there's a single element that I look for over anything else when I'm recruiting. And it gets to creativity. But the, the element or attribute that I really try to uncover in people is this innate sense of curiosity. Hmm. And I think what I've come to conclude is that curiosity breeds this desire to continue to learn, to continue to evolve. And it also breeds what I've consistently found as, as a somewhat sense of humility. And that, to me, is where creativity can come from. When someone feels like they're, they know it all and they've learned it all, they often, I think, start to become a little more closed-minded. And, well, you probably have the wrong person for the job. Well, very likely. Point. Yeah. Very likely. Yeah. Especially in the fast-paced world that we now are in around technology where a playbook that may have worked yeah. in one business at one point in time and space may or may not have any relevance to the way business is being done now. And yeah. that could change in yeah. not decades, but even in a matter of years. And so um, when I see curiosity, that humility that that often uh, accompanies that really starts to give me a sense that this person is going to be a creative problem solver because they're going to be willing to look at things from multiple angles. Yeah. They're not going to just say, oh, I know exactly how to solve this because I've seen this before. They may be open to the idea that that may have worked then, but there may be some other ideas or other solutions that need to be considered now. And yeah. so it's hard, I think, to get to creativity. I mean, there certainly are creative types, right? Your designers and your artists and, and sure, some that sure. just have that natural yeah. sense of creativity. But yeah. there are people that maybe aren't that artistic that actually are super creative because of that curiosity to learn and to explore things from most multiple angles and an open-mindedness yeah. that makes them very additive into a, a situation where creative solutions or, or creative problem solving needs to happen. Maybe they have a point of view, but they're willing to actually take a complete counterpoint of view just to try to make the, the problem solving effort uh, as you know high integrity as possible where every option has been considered. Yeah. And those are the kinds of, of creative types that I think are really, really valuable in organizations today where the biggest breakthrough ideas are coming from those kinds of interactions as opposed to this conventional state approach. Well, that, that also brings into play the desire to do something to advance their career. And the person who's already done all that, just to jump back to your point earlier, is called an advisor, right? You want those people on your board. You want them helping you out because they, they'll help you not make those mistakes. But the person that you want is the person who's who uh, – who can bring that intellectual curiosity, they're still passionate about advancing their career. And, yeah. and I think I think that's absolutely one yeah. element that, you know, how much ambition do you still have? Although, you know, it's funny, I, I take a lot of meetings to talk to people about potentially advising them. Sure. And I, I've done a lot of things, but I also have this, this strong ambition to continue to grow, continue to learn. And sometimes I'm interested in... in advising someone because it's a new space that I actually don't know a lot about, which yeah. uh, on its face, you might think, well, then there's probably not a lot of value that you could add, but just that engagement with somebody and challenging them could be very 
helpful. Well, you do add a lot of value in You've made a lot of the mistakes that, in the past that sure. they're probably going to make without yeah, you, right? That's right. And happy, always happy to share <laughs> those. But what I find is there are certain types of people from a personality fit that just work, that are really open, that are really curious, and, and think I've, I'm on the right path, but I need to, to get a lot more input. Yeah. And then there are others that are just headstrong and stalwart that they're it's going to be their way, and I often find that I'm not a good advisor for them because they're not going to listen. They don't really want to hear. They really just want more encouragement than they want advice, and that's great too, but they, they just need to understand that really what they're just looking for is encouragement. Yeah, and, and you can get that in a number of different ways, but if you're truly looking for someone to, to challenge you at every turn, uh, then you know you, you need to find that kind of advisor, and that's not everyone. Uh, yeah. And sometimes those personality fits are are good, and sometimes they're not. And I think that's also when you think about hiring, you know, that hiring for fit is really important because there are there are some cultures that um, can be really broad in their ability to tolerate a lot of different personality types, and there are others that that aren't. Yeah. That that is a little mm-hmm. bit more narrow as far as the how things get done, and I've always found that I, I, th- I tend to be a little bit more open in how uh, tolerant I am of different behaviors because I try to look at, uh, at at the underlying output as opposed to the the personality. But there are a lot of people that really do get more fixated on the, the personality of, of the people and, and want a more homogenous environment. And I'll, I'll tend to argue that you're going you're going to lose some creativity. Um, when you do that. Absolutely. So, uh, and we're going to talk about the how-to in a minute here. So we're talking to Carrie Ransom about the importance of building a foundation for creative thinking when developing your team. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the steps to take to build this team. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and our guest today is Carrie Ransom, entrepreneurial thil- thrill. <laughs> My tongue is not working. Thrill seeker and company builder. I love the uh, tagline, by the way. Sorry, Carrie. I- I had to plug that again. Um, So before the break, we were discussing the kind of founder attitude and the importance of creativity and building a team. Now we're going to break down what needs to be done to build a successful team. So let's talk about really the context of a startup, right? Which is, you know, we're talking about founder levels. Um, Now that we have a bit of a foundation set, we have an idea. What steps do we now take in in building a, a strong team? Sure. I, you know, the, the the challenging thing, and I, I had this in an email exchange over the weekend okay. with a founder who's starting to think about uh, what do I do? I have I have sure. a, a, the beginning of a product, and I'm trying to figure out where to go 
from here. And I, I typically will start at that level at this idea of we all have certain things that we're good at sure, and certain things that we're not. And so most likely you're going to start first with certain types of skills that either aren't your natural strength or things that you think you, you need to complement you uh, ideally for the foreseeable future. Sure. And it could be you just don't have the time to do it or you particularly aren't that good at it. And then the other the other sort of vector I would say you need to, to put through your, your analysis is what are the, the core capabilities of your business that you feel like you need to do better than anybody else? That, that proverbial idea of like what business are you actually in? So the, the, the founder that you were just talking about – at what stage was that person? I mean, this is er, er, really, really pre-funding, early. pre-funding okay. even pre-product. Okay, and I, you know, I, I'm not saying at that stage you need to focus on hiring, if you will, but you certainly want to start planning. And like I would even say, like, documenting. Yeah, you yeah. may do it. I mean, I've seen some great founders that that end up with a team of five to even in some cases 10 people that are doing things on sweat equity part-time and just trying to contribute to move things forward because this founder has recognized these are just things i simply can't do i mean if i look at myself i can't write code yeah uh i've been in the in the software (laughs) and internet world now for 20 years and there definitely have been moments where i wish that I had been able to do that sure. because things weren't moving as quickly as I'd hoped or, or something was, you know, that was the bottleneck. But I, I've played every other role that you could possibly play in a startup except writing code. And, and, and so, it, you know, now after all these years, what I've learned is I need to have some really high trust folks that at those earliest stages, if this is a business that is going to require code to be written, yeah. that I can go to and I can get them involved early on in the process. And you see that a lot, I think, around here that you have people that have a really interesting business idea, but the biggest impediment is they don't know anybody uh, or they don't they don't have anybody that they can trust yet that they can rely upon to, to ship that first version of the product. And sure. so they need somebody who can build it or write the code. And so in some cases they need to probably do that self-reflection of, should I yeah. even start this? Should I be starting another business? But for the people who, who have gotten to a certain point, let's so let's say they've, they've gotten to a point where they've figured out how to get that. They've gotten the funding least, and they're yeah. actually, you know, they're, there's actually this show came to be because of the question of, all right, you get funding, you have all these, all this content about how to get funding. Now what? Exactly. Right now, how do you build the team? And that's where we go back to what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, which is understanding yourself. I mean, yeah. when I taught at Vanguard, a big part of that whole class was about helping people to really understand who they were. And I think we all spend far too little time understanding who we are as people, what what helps us build our energy, what actually takes away from it, how do we surround ourselves in a company with people that are going to be the contributors and the encouragers and help us maintain that high level of performance and energy. And so as you think about growing your team, you want those people who are going to be able to take what you are doing and not necessarily do it your way, but do it better as you start to 
give up that's a key things. point right there that's right. do it better than you would do it right? That's right so basically taking your skills and augmenting them making them that's right strengthening yeah so of, i yeah. yeah and i i like that idea of searching for those people who can do it 10 times better and that doesn't i will challenge that a little bit and say it doesn't always mean that they have to be able to do it 10 times better on day one no but they may have the raw horsepower the raw intellect some of the uh, energy. They could, you know, it could be somebody that's just going to be passionate about this one thing, or is able to channel that passion into that one thing for this phase of the company. And so you bring in someone that's maybe not as experienced, but has really high energy and can so, move quickly. And so they'll find that five to ten times better way to do it that wasn't necessarily the way I was going to do it. But but they, given the chance, they're going to go grab it and seize it and that's where to me that idea of that super curious passionate person is someone i may uh air toward hiring over somebody who has a, a huge amount of experience in those early stages got it got it so identifying or actually so knowing who you are is basically mm-hmm. the this first step in actually identifying the company culture that's right the values of the company right, right. so then Next, formulate a plan, figure out sure. where you need to augment and, and, and where you need to build around. That's right. So, so as you, then, yeah, if you have a product and, you know, most cases, the, the biggest challenge you are going to have now that you have a product is how do you show that this product can actually turn into a business? Yeah. And does that mean that you need to figure out your go-to-market strategy and what is the market positioning? How are you going to take this to market? And but let's assume we've got all those sorry. in position, right? Just from a hiring perspective, yeah. so we build this, right? So now we need to build a plan. We've got all that. Yeah, now we need to build a plan. Yeah. If, if you as the founder are going to do all the go-to-market aspects, yeah. then you probably need to hire in the other areas of your business. You mean may need to hire an administrative and customer support, oh, maybe yeah. in some... Uh, product support areas, but if you as the founder are not going to do a lot of these go-to-market aspects, then you ideally are going to need to hire in those areas. Yeah. And so really, it's to me, it's about this plan of what are the most important things for the business to turn it from a product, if you will, or service into an actual high-growth business. What are the things that you need to learn and then go figure out what are the skill sets that you need to go out into the market and and recruit and bring in. So I would argue with that a little there. bit, sure. not so much on the skill sets. Skill sets is, is but the mm-hmm. strengths that you need to bring to the table mm-hmm. tend to be. Uh, you can focus in and around the impact that that person can bring. Sure. Right. So a little bit, a little bit different. So how do we? So utilizing, uh, you know, re- referral networks and identifying people who create who share your creative vision. One, um, just step back. Follow a process. When you do start to interview and you do start to bring people in, make sure you're impressive. You've got a structure in place. Um, nothing worse than kind of just, you know, as you're starting to grow your company, not having some sort of structure in place mm-hmm. and just haphazardly going after it. Mm-hmm. And then my point, and then I'll let you continue on, hire for career growth. So find somebody's, uh, what they're not getting out of their current company. Mm-hmm. And make sure that you're that band-aid to help heal that cut or wound or whatever you might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, often. I mean, it no. could be that they they wanted to, to manage people and this is an opportunity for them to yeah. come in. 
uh, maybe initially as a player, but it's a, it's an area that needs to grow. Let's say um, it's a you know I've hired a, a salesperson before who had strong to me had strong management capabilities, yeah. but had not been given that opportunity, and brought him in initially as the quote unquote player. But we jointly agreed that, and that guy once, performed really well for you, didn't he? He was fantastic, yeah. and he and, I, and my commitment to him was once you help me prove out the model, then we'll work together for you to recruit the team in that you can then coach. Yeah, and you can you can do both, and it, and it worked great. And so I think there are absolutely opportunities to bring in people that that have, and and again that level of commitment and passion that he showed, knowing that this was going to be a good career growth, personal growth opportunity for him yeah. really aligned well and everyone benefited. And you hit on a key point too. You know, when somebody feels like you're impacting their career in a, in a positive way, I bet you the whole money issue really wasn't even that big of a big of a sales That's piece right. of it. That was not right? a significant but, part of it. Yeah, of the of the um, the onboarding. Or, That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So what what should a kind of quick snapshot be like what you know if you benchmark it you're just starting to hire a team you're looking at about 180 days out what should you see sure so i you know i think it's it the, those early days i mean it depends on how many people you currently have and as soon as you have a couple people in an organization you're starting to develop a culture yeah and so as you start to look out over a six-month period, I, I, I would try to write. I really love the idea of writing the press release uh, at some point out in the future to sort of articulate, like, this is what we want to be three months out, six months out from now, and be able to, to tell this story yeah. and then develop a path to try to get there. And so if, if you're trying to articulate that in some huge customer win or some amount of revenue growth or some sort of award, you know, maybe you say, you know, I want to be considered one of the best places to work in our area. And that press release that is uh, anointing that, then you start to have to really be forced to say, okay, what are the things that we need to do to actually achieve that? Yeah. So we need to, to put the right to your point earlier, the structure or processes in place so that people feel like there's a, a little bit of governance yeah. and and a, maybe some value statements that you need to lay out and say, this is what we stand for, yeah. and use that as a screening device. So when people are interviewing, they're being asked to say, does this person seem to have these same values, and can they demonstrate in things that they've done in their past that they carry those values? And again, I tend to err on the side of culture. So I'm a big believer in bringing in people that you can develop into the skills in many cases, sure. and, and especially in and, you know. And I've spent most of my career in those earlier stages where I, I am a bit of a contrarian when it comes to these really well developed job descriptions because I think things change so rapidly, especially in those early phases in the first couple of years of a company, that committing to somebody that this is exactly the job you're going to do. Uh, maybe that's good for the first week or the first 30 <laughs> it, it days, works out but way, you yeah, want but... somebody that's, you know, in those early days, you want somebody who's really amenable to change and flexible the job to doing other things. Just, right. You're going to wear a lot of different hats. Exactly. Man, this show, uh, this show runs out of time real quick. So we're almost out of time for today's show. Kerry, thanks again for um, your time investment on today's show and, and sharing your knowledge with the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they want to reach you? 
Sure. I'm very out there on social media. Um, probably the best yes, way to find are. me is on LinkedIn. Yep. And you have and some great I, blogs in there, too, by the way. Uh, thank you. I, uh, I, I don't get to write as much as I would like, but uh, always happy to, to connect on there and have conversations and you know enjoy meeting any kinds of, of diverse people. Excellent. So I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producer, Andrea Ballin, Haley Stern, Shanti Ryle, and our executive producer, Kim Iverson. To listen to this show and any past episodes, you can check us out on Hire, that's H-I-R-E, powerradio.com, or Higher Power Radio on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, for the latest insights on the show, follow us on Twitter or Facebook page at Higher Power Radio Show. Tune in next week as our guest will be Brian Montes of KEB Business Consultants. And we will be really drilling into compliance science of the hiring process. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 